In this podcast, we have conversations about personal experiences with loss, grief, and unexplained spiritual encounters. Whether it's a dream, a visit, a vision, or a newfound life after loss, we believe life and love never dies. This is Surviving Death and Dying with Trisha and Misty. Welcome everyone. Today we want to talk about children who see spirits or other things that might surprise you. They don't even realize what they are saying, but somehow that wisdom is coming from a higher power. Right. And just like in Sylvia Brown's book that you and I just read, Psychic Children, she says that they are actually our window to the spirit world, which I love is the way to think about that. And we should actually open our minds, listen, and pay attention. And I think this is a really uplifting subject for our podcast. I believe so. And Sylvia Brown, she is a well-known psychic author who can see into the past and the future as well as the afterlife. She's been a guest on many of popular talk shows like Larry King, like many other ones as well. Uh, This book that we read on psychic children is especially interesting to me because you wouldn't think children could be psychic or know the things they know. And some of these stories to me are just shocking. Oh, and imagine as parents, you know, how they react to such shocking stories and, and how should a parent react? Like a parent who is listening to this right now may have a child who has claimed to have talked to their grandfather and they know things that they shouldn't know. And especially when they're like three years old and what does a parent do? Right. You don't want to deny what they're saying. These things are gifts. They're gifts from God. And some people say that it's the work of a devil or, you know, something evil. That's why they're saying all this stuff and it's coming to them. And I, it's just a gift. Let it happen. I agree. Don't freak out. Don't think something's wrong with your child. Don't be afraid to talk about it. I think evil is a human quality, you know, and I personally believe hell is here on earth. (laughs) Yes. We create our own hell. I don't think because we're bad, we go to one. I don't know what you think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I believe the same thing. We do create everything that's bad and evil here on earth. And we just want to be happy and listen and know that God wants us to be happy and in that good space. And he doesn't want evil for us. So we're the ones creating all that evil here on earth right now. And you know how I can think this is really true. And I've said this to people before kind of joking, but I really mean it is Here in our own physical world, you and I are safe in a house and we have food and shelter, and yet we can drive down into the middle of LA and there is a really scary homeless population that is pretty infamous. And to me, that is not my world. And I've used that phrase before, even if it's like violence you hear about in in Mexico or gangs that run, you know, to me, that is some other kind of, that's a hell that I'm not in. So in that way, that's kind of a hell on earth and it's not my hell. (laughs) No, but I think we all create it. We all let it happen. I mean, so we've created that hell on earth for people. We don't, I think we're not giving that heaven that we can have here. Heaven is not just up in our heavens, up with our God. It's we can make heaven down here on earth. 
That's true. So we need to learn to be happy, listen to our God, listen to your angels, listen to the happy thoughts that you might have, whatever your religious belief is. Let that happiness come through. Don't let anything taunt you of being evil. Just let's be happy. Absolutely. And I know in this book, Sylvia talks about how before life, that we actually plan out our challenges and our lessons and things we want to learn. So there is something to that, to where somebody might actually want to come and experience homelessness for some reason. And that these challenges we have in this physical life are how we actually learn and grow, that the pain and the heartache is what helps shape and teach us. So what in the world were we thinking? (laughs) Right. And we get to pick if we want to come back and we figure out what we want to do again in our next life. And to me, that's kind of scary that we get to, (laughs) to choose our life. That actually means Trisha, that before you and I came to this world, these crazy things in the last few years that we have really hated, whether loss of jobs or whatever, we were part of that planning process right? and volunteered the misery. Right. I'm here dealing with aches and pains and surgeries (laughs) and loss of job. Okay. Yes. Life. (laughs) Well, you're going to learn and grow out of that immensely somehow. (laughs) Yes, I will. Cause like I tell people when one door shuts, another one opens and it's going to be bigger and better. That's what I'm looking forward to on that end. And with prayer, I mean, she talks about prayer, the white lights and that it does actually work. And it's true, but you know, what you were just pointing out too, is somehow she, she even says our spirit mind knows things we don't know. So it helps guide us into these things that we have walked blindly into. And we're trying to learn how to react, but it is that belief of a a higher power and the white light is in prayer is real in her stories of seeing the afterlife. She sees these She said she asked her spirit guide, what are these strips of white light she saw flying by? And her spirit guide said, those are prayers and they're working. Right. Which is amazing. And I just got chills right now on that. I'm like, I say prayers every night and not just for myself, but for others as well. And I pray that these things are working. I asked, I I'm dealing with chronic pain and all that. I asked for those things to help go away so I can get back to that happy life that I was in beforehand. And I think prayer is an amazing source that can help many people in in their life. And with those, the lights as well, when you see those lights, when you're praying and people see those lights, it's almost like an aura that you can have. I do see auras and it's interesting to me because I see different colors around people, or I can have that feeling around people and just know that there's something going on or they're sad. And I ask them about it and they're like, wait, what are you, what, how do you know? We need to develop this in you, Trisha. Have you been working on this? You're hiding this talent and skill (laughs) from me. I didn't know you could see auras. Oh my gosh. What color is mine? Well, right now we're on a screen. So it's a little bit harder. Okay. It's in person for me. It's in person. I have to have that one-on-one feeling with that person. A lot of times I see that purple, I see the purple or I see the yellows and greens. Those are the colors that I've seen mainly. And I would like to see more happier ones, to be honest with you. 
So yeah, I see those different lights and when they're, I hate giving people bad news or saying that there's something wrong. I want to see those happy feelings, the happy auras around them. Like the white is a really good aura. That means they're in, in harmony right there. And so I wish I could see more of the happy ones and less of the, where they're sad or so they're going through something or it's just so amazing to see. Do you know how old you were when you started seeing auras? To be honest with you, no, I don't remember when I started seeing them. I started noticing them more as I got older. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be like, what am I seeing around this person? I think I noticed it more when I was in massage school because oh, we would, okay. yeah, when we did Reiki, I learned a little bit about that. So that's when I really started seeing that because when you do give massages, you want to be able to feel them and know what's going on. So you can get to those points in their body where you can help them release whatever they're going through as well. So that is just an amazing feeling that you you can help somebody by seeing their aura, even in massage, even in the dark room, when you're in the dark room, (laughs) you can see it Cool, and it gives different lights. So like if something's saying this person has a a lower back issue, there's more energy coming out of that lower back. So you know, you need to work on that part even more. Oh, wow. Some people, massage therapists don't have that. I didn't realize any did. And I, this is the first time hearing you have this ability. So this is fascinating. Yeah. So it's just a great thing to help because then you can help, especially in the massage therapy field. Yeah. Definitely. They don't have to say, oh, my neck, I'm stressing. My neck is hurting. I can tell by just looking at them what's going on with them in that sense as well. That's why dancers love me (laughs) because they would be dealing with a lot in their lives. And you can tell. I can tell. And I would start working on those certain areas and they'd be like, oh my gosh, how did you know I was right there? I was like, I just know. It's hard to explain to people what you get when you have the auras around that people. When I was little in elementary school, I saw a white light and glow around people and I didn't know what I was seeing. And I asked my parents and instead of my dad telling me it was Nora, he started just asking me more questions. He started asking me if I saw colors and who I saw auras around and what I saw. Well, that's <laughs> he was, good. He, but he was like, he was almost curious, like, can I use you as a tool? But right. I had no idea what he was talking about. Right. I had no idea what he was talking about. And I, I didn't know. And first I thought something was wrong with me. I actually said to my parents, I was like, what is that light, that white light that I see around people? And they're like, who? Right. (laughs) Where are you seeing that now? Do you see a color? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and it could also go into the orbs that people see as well. That white light could have been an angel around that person because there's orbs around us all the time. Some people see them. Some people don't. We all have angels around us without even knowing what we do. And that is something that Sylvia talked a lot about with children, seeing angels that might just come and go, disappear, help them out of a, some kind of an emergency. And she says that spirit guides and angels are always around us and they could always ask for their guidance and assistance. I just love this idea. And because of her book, it has gotten me really interested in learning more about angels and something that maybe we can talk about in future things. I've got angel cards and I've learned there are oracle readings and different than like your horoscope. I just feel they're more healing and comforting when you're stressed and when you need to hear an answer because you're praying and you don't hear anything 
but you right. can kind of turn to those for an answer. Yeah, I agree. Cause some people do hear our spirit, God or our Jesus, and that, that helps lead them to their answer that they need. But if they can't hear that to have these angel cards that are also, or their angels are pointing them to this direction, right? It is a comfort to that person. When I was going through therapy myself, even my therapist brought into the session a couple of times, similar to the angel card. And I was surprised at some of the ones that I did get. So I oh, wow. believe that these things will help people. And right. I can't wait till we can get into a more in-depth story about angels and their spirits guides and how these work. It's an amazing thing. And with the book we were talking about with psychic children, there was one story where a child had said that they had a dream where they were on the other side in the place they were before they were born. And they looked into a room and saw a bunch of babies. And the parent asked, well, babies, what do you mean? Why are there babies? And they said, well, this made so much sense to them. Like a matter of fact, well, we have to shrink down before we're born again. We have to shrink down to babies again. And, <laughs> and that's an interesting concept to think, oh, we have to grow down. <laughs> you know? Right. We're these big adults right now. But if we want to come back, we have to go back into that baby form. It's, just, it's, it's amazing feeling to think that we would need to do that when we come back to a new life. Right. And so in, in between these lives, if we're also shrinking down and we're planning our lives, they also were talking about how we can plan different exit points in our life where we can choose one to learn our life. And I think this comes back to our spirit mind that knows more than we do that there are several opportunities for us to just check out. <laughs> so right. That's kind of an interesting concept to me. I think I had one that I did not take when I went through chemo for the rare brain cancer that I had a little more than 10 years ago. I actually physically remember being in bed, feeling horrible. It was near the end of them stopping my chemo because I couldn't handle anymore. And I felt like I was praying that I can't go. I can't go. My family's not ready. I need to stay here. I have got to fight back. And it was like this power inside me that was not going to give in. And I just wonder now after hearing her talk about us planning exit points in our life, if that was one of mine that I chose not to take. I, I think that it hits home for me too. I mean, with my mom, I know there are certain points that she wanted to go, but she knew she couldn't go because she had to be there for say my dad, for me, my brother, my other sister. She knew there's, there was something else that she had to teach us right. while she was here. And I think with you, cause you have kids at the time too, mm -hmm. you didn't want to leave them right. alone without the mother figure in their life. And yeah. I think it's a very strong thing that we, we do have our exit points and we can say, we're ready or we're not ready. As long as it's not just for you, I think it has to be for a deeper reason. Right. I agree. Cause yours was probably your kids and your husband mm -hmm. and your other family members. And that was what my mom's was. It was her family that was keeping her right here on earth and near her time where she left this earth. I did tell her, I, I told her I was okay. We're okay. Mm -hmm. We got each other. And soon after that, that's when she was like, okay. And she let go. I believe in that. So I believe right. you had that energy about you at that point saying, I'm, I'm not ready. 
Let me stay here. It's almost like a door opened and I did not walk through it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're like, I'm staying put. Not yet. Let me finish my life here right now with this life. Not yet. And it's interesting that a lot of this is, is coming from Sylvia Brown's experience in her life as a child, as well as growing up and writing a book. And in this psychic children book, she even went out and, you know, she tells a lot of stories and reads letters from people that are examples and give us insight to how life might work outside of our physical world. Did do you have any of the stories that she told that stand out that you liked? I mean, there's this one that was so interesting that it was about World War II. This child, I think it was either two or three, he was just starting to talk and talking about the war and these airplanes and mm-hmm. how people died in these airplane crashes during that war. And you're just like, what? <laughs> like, how do you know all that? And you know that this person, this child hasn't been around any of that stuff. Right. They're three. They're three. They can't comprehend what's going on in their life really at that right. point. They right. might see pictures, but they might say plane. Right. But how do they know what that plane did or how it runs or, you know, right. these kids are talking about things that how the heck do you know all this? Like, I didn't teach you anything about this. And it's cool because she says it's because they just came from that spirit world. So they are more in tune with it. And to them, the veil is a lot thinner where as we grow that veil between that other life and ours thickens and we forget, but there was like, there was a, another story where a kid knew their grandmother who had passed away before they were born. They were around three too, saying a name and they knew information about their grandmother that the mother was asking, how do you know this? And how would you know her? And the response was, well, they took care of me as a baby before I came here. <laughs> right. And that's so cool. You know? And I think I remember something to the effect too, about she sang a song or saying the words from this song. And the mm-hmm. mom was like, how do you know that? <laughs> yeah. Cause it's just something I haven't sang that to you. I, when you were even younger, I didn't sing that to you. How do you right. know that kind of stuff? So it's very interesting to hear all these different stories of these children who are psychic and you don't even realize they're psychic until it's almost too late to let them expand on that. So I would say as parents, you need to listen to your child. Don't criticize them right. what they're saying. Right. Even if you think it's not real or it hasn't the story hasn't happened at all before, it's a great thing to have they're opening up their mind, they're opening up their imagination. Let them open that up. Let them open their mind during that time. It's true. And I do have an example of something I saw as a child that I kind of classify as a a crazy example because I could have sworn I saw a little tiny, like six inch man on my piano (laughs) run behind the music. (laughs) To me, it was very real, not spooky. He didn't talk to me. This was not a repeat thing. I don't think I was trying to get attention, but I told my parents and my parents both reacted very differently. My dad freaked out on me, got mad at me, accused me of lying, trying to get attention while my mom was defending me. And the 
feelings is what I remember from this on how I felt. So to your point, as an example for parents, listen to them. So what if they're making it up? Maybe there's a reason. Listen to them and be the support for them. Yeah, because if you listen to them, that will help them in the future being able to open up to what they're feeling in that moment and that day with that story that you just said, it brings me back to an 80s TV show that I was just watching (laughs) recently on Give Me a Break. The youngest child, Samantha, had an imaginary friend there. She had an imaginary friend. She would set up a plate at the dinner table for Mm -hmm. him and have us sitting next to her. And the dad on that show would be like, stop that. What are you talking about? You don't have an imaginary. That's all fake. Don't. Yeah, it's not real. Don't tell me about it. Just let it go. Just stop. And he just kept on yelling at her and freaked out on her. And that's, I think, shut her down within that, that episode. And I think it's great that these kids are having these imaginary friends. Like I said earlier, and you said, it doesn't matter if it's real or not. I mean, for me, I did have an imaginary friend. It wasn't a spirit that I know of. For me, it was great because I was the youngest and a lot of my my siblings were older than me, mm-hmm. a few years older than me. So they had their, their own friends that they wanted to play with and right. go out and do their own thing. So I made up my friend. Right. We would play a lot and all that. So I think that what what helped me a little bit to get out there right. and start talking a little bit. Yes, I'm an, an introvert, as you probably wouldn't think, because with me doing this podcast, but I am an, an introvert when it comes to that. But having that happen to me, I know I can talk to people, and they can if they listen. That's a great thing mm-hmm. to have people listen to you, so you can let out what you're going through. So did you, did you ask your mom to like set a place at the table for your imaginary friend? Did you do stuff like that? I don't think I did that where, I mean, I would say she's sitting with us, but I wouldn't say let's set up a place for, for her or, and like, I don't think I did that. I mean, when I was playing, we would, I'd make, you know, when we would do the mud pies or whatever, I'd make a mud pie for, for my imaginary friend, that kind of thing. But I don't think anything and my my I don't think either one of my parents were denying that I had an imaginary friend they let me have that mm-hmm. so it they wanted me to feel good and be like she's cr- not saying oh she's crazy what is yeah. she <laughs> what is she thinking why does she think she has that person there's a person next to her that's a great thing for a kid to have that imaginary friend even just any kind of imaginary imagination I had imaginary friends when I was about three that I don't remember. I was told about when I got older that there was a family we were close to that had a couple kids. They had moved to California. There was an earthquake and they died. And then all of a sudden I have them as my imaginary friends playing with me. And my parents always wondered if they were visiting me because I was all of a sudden playing with them and I didn't know they died. I was, I think I was only three or four. And now that we're doing this podcast, I wish I had someone to ask so I could research. I don't really know where in California they lived or what year it was. It was in the seventies. And, you know, my dad's since passed away. My mom has dementia. I have no one to ask. (laughs) Right. 
But I do find that interesting that they even wondered at that time. And so if a parent is going through that with their kid, to your point, whether they are real or not, be supportive to that child and listen, talk to them, ask them questions. You can help encourage, you know, that there's nothing bad about these experiences or any psychic gifts, but they need to learn how to cope with them and to deal with them. And even back to like you're saying, we were talking about lights and prayers, teaching that all of this is good and not bad, believing, you know, in angels and a higher power versus like evil and bad things. I think it can bring with it a lot of benefits and, and good gifts, you know? Yeah. I think it's healthy for kids to do this. I mean, it helps also, they think they have somebody to talk to, and this will help them as they get older to learn Mm -hmm. how to talk to somebody and let their emotions out. So they're, they don't feel alone. And I think if the parents freak out on them, they will somehow shut down and Mm -hmm. that can cause depression in kids. And that's a much bigger issue than somebody having a kid, having an imagination. I rather have that than down the line Mm -hmm. being depressed and having to deal with that portion of it, because I just think it's a great thing that my parents let me have an imaginary friend and didn't freak out on me. That is good because otherwise you'd be in therapy for that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, my therapy is for a whole nother reason, but <laughs> yeah. And as a parent, I have also had a couple of experiences with this, with my children. And I don't know if I've ever told you this story, Trisha, but when my twins were about, they had to be like three years old. I was putting them in the car for preschool, putting them in their car seats, get in the driver's seat, still in the garage. I have this picture in my mind of where I was because I was shocked at what I was hearing. I realized they were having a conversation with each other about the dream they had had with Papa Jean, my dad, who had passed away before they were born, like five years before they were born. And they had a blast and they were just talking like it was a birthday party they were just at. And they were telling me about They were playing with like remote control robots, airplanes, rockets, stuff my dad really liked playing with. (laughs) And they were talking back and forth like, oh yeah, well, I liked the the rocket. I was in shock. I didn't have this kind of prep either to know what do you do? do? And And I had to say, was this a dream? And they said, yeah. And they said, you were both in it? And they were just you know, matter of fact, these are three-year-olds, three-year-olds don't know how to BS you. (laughs) Right. Not quite yet. Yeah. No, not yet. And they're like, well, yeah. And I go, where were you? And they were actually in their dream. They were in the park that was across the street. And, and I, I asked some questions and you were with Papa Jean. Well, yeah. And what were you doing with Papa Jean? Oh, he had these, he had a rocket. He had a remote control robot and he had an airplane and I wish someone else was there with me listening because I couldn't believe what I was hearing. They will say, matter of factly, they knew that they would dream about my Papa Gene or that he would come visit them. They don't remember this exact, like if I, you know, said, what was that dream there? They just, they are not even phased by the fact that like, oh yeah, I, you know, he used to, he used to visit us. But that's, that's all right. they, they don't really remember the details, but they don't even think it it's weird. 
which is good. It's amazing that, I mean, yeah, they're twins, but it's amazing that they had the same experience at the same time. That's just, Mm -hmm. it's beautiful to be honest with you. It's beautiful that they were able to experience that together Mm -hmm. and meet your dad, their grandpa. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that was a beautiful story. I'm like, that's also gives me chills too to hear that. (laughs) And well, I have a daughter when she was a year old, I, I think I only have one story with her and she doesn't remember this either, but I was in the bathroom. She was in the bathtub. I'm bathing her. No one else is in there. The door is shut. And she was looking behind me and over my shoulder, smiling and laughing. <laughs> and I turn and look over my shoulder and look back at her and she couldn't talk yet. I go, who do you see? Who are you talking to? And then she just waves and smiles and goes, bye-bye to this empty space over my shoulder. And I just remember thinking, that was weird. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, I don't have any kids, but some of my friends who have kids have told me about different stories similar to that, or they say, oh, I see grandpa behind you. He's with you right now. Or, you know, and I'm just like, what? Your kid, like, (laughs) yeah, that's just like amazing that these kids do have this power and they don't realize what kind of power they have. And it's a beautiful power to have. It is. I wish that we can still all be open to it and have that veil thinned so we can all have that feeling and it gives you a sense of relief. Oh, my mom's okay. Or Mm -hmm. like your friend that did pass away when you were a kid, she's okay. Right. It's a beautiful experience to have. And anybody who has it, I'm jealous a little bit, (laughs) to be honest with you. It is comforting. And for anyone who is curious, it's, you know, these are the kinds of books and things that you and I, Trisha, love to talk about because it brings us hope and healing in our own grief situations. And Sylvia Brown's book, this one is Psychic Children. She has a lot of others. If people want to look it up, we'll even put a link in our notes. But you've even told me stories you've seen friends posting on Facebook where they do a little dialogue of me you know, what I say or my child and what they say, and that it's been those types of where did they get that from? Yeah. Cause it's so unreal that they can see these. I mean, the one friend of mine, there was also another spirit in the house and they didn't know who it was either. So they were freaking out at that time too, because they're like, wait, you can see that there's somebody else in here. And there's, she's the kids like, yeah, there's somebody else in here. Don't you hear it? Cause she could hear it. Wow. The kid could hear it. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. I was just in awe when she told me about all these different stories about her kid. And I was just like, that's really fascinating. Like to have those different things happen. And it wasn't just at their house. It was at their place of work too, that she would see these things. And I was like, that's beautiful. I'm so like, it's great that she, she can see these people and they were people from her life as well. I mean, the grandpa just recently passed away and she was able to say, Papa's here with us right now. He's watching over you to have that told to you. is right. just like, that's a comfort. Right. That'd be a comfort to me knowing, okay, 
my dad's right here with me. He's mm -hmm. still guiding me and helping me through this life. All these things, they are good gifts from God. They are positive energy. They are good signs. Embrace them, appreciate them, and let them help you feel better. Yes. So before we go, Trisha, did you tell me that you had an update for me on something? Yes. When we talked about visitation dreams and how I wanted one. Yes. I recently had this dream and it took me by surprise. It was me and my brother. We were getting into my car to go somewhere and I saw this butterfly and I believe it was an orange, orange butterfly. And that one rep orange represents my dad. And I said, dad is that's you. Can you please land? I remember I had my hand open and I said, can you land for me? And he landed. So my dad came to me in my dream and that made me feel so great that I knew he was there. It brought me happiness. And I was like, wait, and I woke up and I was like, I just had, yep. My dad just came to me. Yep. It was just a great thing to have. So that is wonderful. Even though he showed up as a butterfly, if you acknowledge that, I believe it will happen more. Just embrace that. If that felt good to you and what I think is so cool to you, and I don't know if other people have experienced this, but when you're in a dream and you realize you're in the dream and you start to take control somehow, like you asking him, if this is you, please land. To me, that is another level of consciousness I don't really understand, but I think is really cool. So I think that's amazing that you have that dream. And I can't wait to hear if you yeah. get more. Yes, I hope I get more and from more people, different people too, would be great. It would, it would. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So email us at trisha.misty.tm at gmail.com. You can also go to our website, survivingdeathanddying.com for links to the books we talk about. So please like, share, subscribe, and follow. Well, we did it again. We survived death and dying another episode because we believe life and love never dies.